0: everyone and welcome to i guess the first episode of johnny's music power hour or whatever i decided to call it i actually can't remember but the name isn't really that important anyway so sorry if my voice still sounds a bit weird by the way of course two days after i finally recorded and put out my very first episode i woke up in the morning and i was like oh crap I still don't know what it was. It must have been strep throat or something like that. A few days ago, I even had plans to go to the gym with my friend Justin. And that morning, I realized that it had gotten so bad that I actually couldn't talk. So for the entire day that we were together, I was carrying around like a whiteboard. And whenever I would need to say something, I would just write on the whiteboard. Uh, God, that was really bad. But thankfully, I've gotten... Good enough to record the podcast. Uh, I could wait a little bit longer until I'm at 100%, but honestly, I just want to get this thing started and get used to recording these things, because once I get over that first hurdle, it'll probably get a lot easier for me, and these episodes will start to become a lot more frequent. At least that's what I'm hoping. But you know it's always hard to start something, and once you get started, it gets easier. But anyway, that's enough about me. And on to our first album that we're talking about today, which is The Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Um, And I chose this album for two reasons. The first one is that this is actually the very first album, like the first vinyl record that I ever bought for myself. I believe it was over the summer of 2020, you know, COVID year, me and my family took a trip to Montana, uh, to Yellowstone, And while we were just in Walmart stocking up on supplies, I just saw this sitting on the shelf, and I was like, Hey, you know, I like this album. It's some pretty cool cover art. Why don't I just get it? It's like 20 bucks." And that was what eventually led to me, like, getting my turntable and the jillion or so records I have now. So obviously it's a really important album to me for that reason. And the second reason I wanted to talk about this one first is that I think this album gets kind of like a weird reputation. At least among the people that I've talked to, whenever I bring up this album or really anything by this band in general, it seems to get categorized as like cringy, sad emo music. And given the audience that was surrounding these guys when they were making all the noise in the 2000s, I can honestly really get that. But I also think it's kind of unfair to the music itself. Because if you can ignore all the context and all the biases you might have going in, and you just sit down and listen to this thing, I think you can have a lot of fun. I mean, I definitely do. Starting off with the first track on here, the end. Sure, yeah, the lyrics can be a little bit moody and dramatic for some people, but it's not boring with it, it's exciting. Like, everything in this song and in this album has so much energy and so much... It's so grand, especially when that huge wall of drums and guitars hit. It sounds almost, like, larger than life. And a big part of that is thanks to this album's amazing production. I mean, everything is so crisp and punchy and in-your-face, and it really helps the energy come through. That's what makes it so exciting to listen to. The song is a really fun homage to... David Bowie's Five Years, which is a great song you should listen to, by the way. And it works, because both of the songs are kind of about mourning the little time you have left. And in this case, you don't have very much time left at all, because the very next track is called Dead. And yeah, that's pretty much it. You literally just die. Oh man, you want to talk about fun, just listen to that little guitar lead they have in the intro. I mean, the entire song just has this infectious like bouncy energy to it and it's kind of funny because in this song they pull that classic trick of like having a really fun sound but really sad lyrics which is interesting in this one because it almost comes off as like sarcastic like oh hope you got what you deserved because i don't think anyone ever even liked you and it's like damn that's really fucking harsh but this one just never lets up on that energy. That chorus is super infectious every time, and I really love the outro, too. And there are a few other loud, really exciting songs like that on the album. I mean, you have that awesome chorus on The Sharpest Lives that always gets stuck in my head. Uh, Teenagers is... It's obviously great, but I will say it's placed a little weirdly in terms of the album like sequencing. Okay, it is really weird. Like, right after this really dark and hopeless moment we get on sleep and right before we get a really sentimental ballad on disenchanted it's like this weirdly upbeat catchy single sounding song again i still like this song a lot but i always get kind of a bit of emotional whiplash around that part and oh man we have to talk about house of wolves uh dude so a lot of you probably know that i like to listen to a lot of louder more aggressive genres of music like you have your hard rock and various shades of heavy metal and all that stuff this song no joke was one of the biggest influences that led me to that point i mean as soon as younger me heard that intro with those jazzy ass toms that <laughs> and then that guitar riff that like beats the hell out of you i was like yeah i don't know what this is but yes i like this i mean this song is just so noisy the entire time i love it so much gerard's vocal performance is insane it's so well written with the dynamics between the verse and the chorus oh and that bridge with the stop start guitars and the vocals it's just perfect and then honestly that that guitar solo at the end of the song is, like, just musical cheating. It's, it's too good. Oh, man. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows, though, obviously. There are the songs on here that go in a much darker direction, not just with the lyrics, but musically as well. Uh, the first big example of that would probably be This Is How I Disappear. I mean, the guitar is just on the intro immediately, they do a good job of taking you out of the mood they had on Dead, and it's it's much more grim sounding, it works really well. Uh, this is also probably the point where I should bring in the concept of this whole album, because it is supposed to be a concept album. Uh, you have this man called The Patient, I think, who dies or is dying from cancer, and this whole album is kind of his journey through that experience. But it's not really like a linear story. This isn't trying to be like the wall or anything. It's more just like a series of scenes and emotions he's going through, right? Uh, The lyrics on this particular song are kind of hard to read, but it sounds like he's struggling to leave someone behind because he's afraid if he leaves them, right, he's going to disappear. And yeah, like I said, intro's great. Uh, I really like everything about the song, but being honest, the real star of the show is that bridge. When they lay into that breakdown and it sounds like they're peeling the fucking paint off the walls, it's so satisfying. And then all of a sudden they break into these soaring vocal harmonies. It feels like the sky is opening up. There are just so many cool ideas in this section and they weave them together so well. And then, right in the middle of the record, we get the big hit, the big single, the title track, Welcome to the Black Parade. And I will try my best to ignore all the freaking unfunny emo memes about the piano in the intro. Because the intro itself, I think, is actually really pretty. It's very well sung, and I love how they actually fill it out with real marching instruments. It gives it a really nice flavor. If I had to guess, I think what might turn some people off from this album is the vocal performance, and I guess to each their own, but I don't know. I think he's a really expressive singer, and the fact that he can pull off such intense, abrasive moments like we talked about earlier, and still carry an intro like this so hard, it's really impressive to me. And this song, without any kind of sarcasm or irony, it actually manages to be genuinely uplifting. It's all about how, when people die, they leave behind a memory in the people that knew them in life, and it's delivered with so much heart. It's really endearing. And if we're going to talk about dark songs on the album, we kind of have to mention like the trilogy of songs they have towards the end, that being Cancer, Mama, and Sleep. So to start off with, we have Cancer, which is a somber piano ballad about, yeah, Cancer. It starts off really like stark with just the vocals and piano, but when they start to fill it out with the drums and strings in the second half, it really comes to life a lot more. And the lyrics on this one are actually very grounded and real. It almost gets uncomfortable at some points when he's talking about how his hair has abandoned his body and how the hardest part of it all is leaving behind the people that he loves. Now, we're going to save Mama for a little bit later, and I'll explain why in a bit. But next we have Sleep, which is sonically like crushing. This one is a little hard to interpret, but... So the last song reveals that the main character was... At one point in his life, he was a soldier, and he did some things that he really regrets now. And I think Sleep is like the culmination of that, where he's trying to ignore everything, all of his feelings and his regrets and his morals and just give up, just sleep. And at the end of the song, after we see him go through all this of trying to forget and give up, we're hit with this massive wall of sound, one of the biggest ones on the entire album. But if you listen closely through all the noise, you can just barely hear him screaming, wake up. And the meaning behind that, I think, is pretty obvious, but just the way that they pull it off, and with just how desperate and like horrified his voice sounds, it's really powerful stuff. I've heard some people complain about the ending to this album, and I'll say the last two tracks aren't some of my favorites from like a musical standpoint, but I still think they do their job really well. Uh, Disenchanted is a really sentimental moment of the main character kind of looking back on his life. And in this song, he kind of decides he's not just going to give up and be sad for the rest of what life he has left, which leads right into Famous Last Words. Uh, It's another moment like Welcome to the Black Parade that comes off as really heartfelt and uplifting, where he proclaims that he's not afraid of whatever happens anymore and he's ready to face it. It's left unclear at the very end whether he actually dies or not. And I do like that, but I personally like to think that he does pass away, but now he has no regrets and no pain from what he's leaving behind. But either way, I think it's a really strong way to end an album like this. And finally, we will get to Mama. So I saved this one for last because it is my favorite song on the album, and I have a lot to say about it. I mean, in this one, you literally get to hear a soldier die and he descends into hell while crying out in horror for his mother. Fun stuff, right? Um, So for this song in particular, I kind of like to take it out of the context of the album story and look at it kind of on its own. It fits really well into the album by itself, but the way I interpret it, I interpret it kind of on its own terms. So, we start off with the sound of bombs, like mortars going off, right? Which puts you in the headspace of, like, war. So, the main character of this song is a soldier, and he's writing to his mother on the battlefield. And one thing I love about that is that the first few lines of the song, on the surface, they sound really cliche and edgy, right? The lines are, Mama, we all go to hell, and Mama, we're all gonna die. It really brings out that, like, hot topic, like, nihilist vibe at first, right? But when you take it in the context of a soldier, they actually become genuinely sad. He's not saying we all go to hell just to be edgy. He's saying that he and all of his fellow soldiers are never going to see heaven because of the things that they've done in the war. And the line, we're all going to die, at first it sounds so nihilistic, it's almost silly, But he's talking about him and his friends in the war. They're all going to die out there, and that's heartbreaking. He goes on to talk about how his mom should have had a girl instead, and how he should have been a better son, and how his mom told him that he isn't any son of hers. There are just so many lyrical moments on this song that cut really deep. And then we get to the climax. After the second chorus, we get these super demented guitars, and he repeats that line of, we all go to hell. This part of the song sounds super fucked up, and this is the part where I interpret it as him dying. But that is not him going to hell. You will know it when you hear it. It's the biggest moment on the entire album, And it still blows my mind to this day. And the way that during all of it, he's crying out for his mother as he's falling. I can't tell whether it's out of fear or out of anger or hate, but either way, it's just, it's so intense. After that, we get a small break where we hear his mother speak for the first time. And then the song does something that's kind of open to interpretation. The way I see it, In the last leg of the song, we're transported to like a flashback of the night before all of this is happening. And the reason I say that is because this part sounds like a really fucked up like shanty or a military group song where you have all of the gang vocals singing about how they're all damned and they're going to die the next day. I just get this image in my head of a group of weary soldiers singing around a fire about the fact that this is probably their last day. And then the song quietly ends with the sound of his mother sobbing to herself. Yeah, this, this song is kind of insane. covered a lot in that one. So yeah, those are pretty much all my thoughts on The Black Parade. After giving it some more thought, this is honestly probably one of my favorite hard rock albums of this era, which is really kind of crazy. But all the songs are just so well written and well produced. There's a lot of talent and effort that went into the lyrics and the storytelling, and it's just such a gripping listen from front to back. I really do love it. And if you're still listening to this, I want to genuinely say thank you. I know that if you haven't listened to this album, well, I think you should, but if this just isn't your thing, then I know this episode probably wasn't the most interesting thing in the world to listen to. But you still stuck around, and I really appreciate that. I mean, at this point in my life, I'm trying to kind of open myself up because I feel like I've been closed off for a really long time, and I'm trying to change that now. It's not easy, and I know there are some people who just aren't interested in this stuff, and that's fine. I don't blame anyone for not wanting to listen to me ramble for 20 minutes. But I really think this podcast is going to be healthy for me because well, I've always had a problem of bottling things up, and now I'm trying to let them out. So, again, a big thank you to anyone that's made it this far. I will try to have more episodes up soon. Hopefully, if I don't get sick again in the next few days, uh, I'll be a little quicker on that. (laughs) So, yeah, thanks for tagging along. I'll see you soon.